Tom Hanks and Paul Newman don't make it into heaven. This is spoilers. This is spoilers. Damn. Damn. Straight to hell. That's rough. Only God can judge. Can't imagine a heavenless, like, Tom Hanks, like... No, no Tom Hanks in heaven. That's just hard Paul to imagine. Paul Newman's if, raised if Paul, a lot of money for charity, Brett. If Paul Newman's not in heaven, then that's not really where, where I want to be. So I'm just talking Paul about Paul Newman movie. sold so. so much salad dressing. I mean, Tom Hanks's characters have been through hell. Yeah, we talked about that the other day. He's he's had a rough go of it, for sure. Well, this is Brett, and I'm. Gosh, it's been like 20 years since I last hosted. So. Plus, Josh said I'm really bad at it, so it's going to be really rough tonight, so just bear with me. <laughs> really holding on to that grudge. <laughs> no, it's all right. Um, so, uh, I am recording from Fort Wayne, and I'd like to know where you guys are recording from. So, let's start with, mm, we usually go east to east. Let's go west to east this time. Ooh, east Switch to it east. Up. Mm. I like that. Thanks, Brett. Well, this yep. is Pappy. Uh, recording from Denver, Colorado, and I don't, I don't think you're a bad host, Brett. I think it's just an opportunity for growth. You're hosting on this podcast. Ooh, that's a great way of looking at it. Okay, thank that you. is some business talk right there. <laughs> some hey, hey, false hope hey, wrapped that's, in that's business heavy talk. Firing somebody right there on a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this is my last uh, last episode, so it's been really fun. Pink slip Good for luck, Austin. See ya. Um, hey, actually, while we are still doing this, why don't you go ahead and throw in your favorite Tom Hanks movie while you're at it? Oh, uh, favorite Tom Hanks movie. <clears throat> well, it's not Forrest Gump. We know that. No, certainly not Forrest Gump. I'll go with uh, Toy Story 3. It's Ooh. probably my favorite Tom Hanks movie. It's probably the best of the Toy Stories and uh, the darkest one. It gets me, yeah. Hits you right in the feels. Never seen it. <sighs> so like you're a real Tom Wait, I've never seen I've never seen Toy Story Two either. Take it or leave it. <laughs> but uh, I did see the first one in the theater, if that makes it any better. But so let's see, Wes. Is anybody in so it's just Elkhart, no Goshen or Mishawaka, right? Let's just go with uh, let's go with Mikey. Uh, yeah, Mikey recording from right inside of Josh, basically sitting <laughs> 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 on top of his lap, almost wow. uh, sharing a mic, uh, sharing headphones. Yeah, from reporting from Josh's basement. Can we talk at all about Stevie's lack of charity right before the pod? <laughs> Stevie's not Bro. getting into heaven. <laughs> Probably not. Like I'm very comfortable with that thought, but the fact that you can't be prepared, be prepared when you've had hours to be ready for this pod, even an extra hour because of Joe. you know we don't prepare. First you of know all, that's not a requirement of spoilers. We pushed it back an hour for Jordan, <laughs> and secondly, Stevie backed out. He's supposed to be here in this basement too. Backed out like an hour ago. Dude, and fancy now he's like, football. Well, so what am I supposed to be prepared for? Two people, three people. It's just tough, man. It's hard. <laughs> so, hey man, uh, Devin had to fight a hurricane. You can go without a splitter, okay? Uh, but my favorite Tom Hanks movie is Big. Ooh, nice. So I guess since Josh is on, I'm in, a little west of him. I'm one foot. Okay. <laughs> oh dang! You should have gone first then. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, favorite Tom Hanks movie. 
I want to say the burbs really bad, but honestly, yeah. sorry, Pappy. It's Forrest Gump. Great choice. You have to be sorry. God bless America. Movies. We all know your taste in movies is bad, so you don't have to be sorry <laughs> for it. Uh, okay, so uh, <laughs> that brings us to Stevie, I believe. Uh, this is Stevie recording from Elkhart, and the greatest minds think alike because my favorite Tom Hanks movie is also big. I Ooh. love that movie. So, good call, money. Cool, cool, cool. So, Jode, we have a special guest tonight, Jode. Uh, <laughs> friend of the pod. Yeah, friend of the pod. It's been a while, but... So, why don't you tell us where you're recording from? And if you want to talk about your crazy last couple weeks, go ahead, I guess. But we should... Just whatever you want to do, man. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> Good to talk to you guys. Um, yeah, I'm recording from Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, I do not want to talk about work. Uh, my... <laughs> favorite tom hanks movie is probably toy story one but i think my most watched tom hanks movie is survivor so i'm not sure where that goes in the mix there survivor survivor Survivor. did you guys know he only got paid fifty thousand dollars for toy story one not survivor castaway Castaway. my bad (laughs) jesus christ i love them in all 12 seasons (laughs) the original spoilers way more than 12 castaway episode zero (laughs) is that a lost episode no, it's a great episode. No, it's out there. Okay, I'll have to go back. You have to go to the dark web to find <laughs> Silk Road. So those are all pretty good choices. Like I said, this is Brett from Fort Wayne, and I will tell you my favorite. I love Forrest Gump, but my favorite Tom Hanks movie is Apollo 13. Oh, so, yeah, that's a good one. Great movie. That's a good one. Yep. So I guess unless there's any more business, we should launch into it. We are such reviewing... a Republican pick. Oh, you got something? No. What? Oh, that's just a pretty staunch movie too. But what is <laughs> Apollo thirteen? But I'm sorry. Just Why is it staunch? Staunches don't believe in science. It's just very patriotic, is all. It's all good. I just wanted to stay staunch a couple times, and I have now. So. <laughs> he said his favorite movie was Forrest Gump, and he's talking about my movie was staunch. <laughs> Good call, Brett. Good call. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Road to Perdition. So, uh, had anybody besides, just for the crowd at home, had anybody besides TV seen this movie before? Nope. I saw no. it in theaters. Ooh, that's good. I didn't see, I didn't really? see it in theaters. So. But well, I, yeah, I don't grandma. think anybody else did. Josh is the only one I'm not quite sure about. Never seen it. Okay. Um, you didn't see it when it was at Ama Shakers last year? No, but it would be a great play, a great addition to to what they got going on over there. I'd love it. The Round Barn Theater, a local theater. The wake scenes would bring the house down. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, uh, man, I don't really like to go through the movie, but that's pretty much all I have. So I'm going to be <laughs> kicking it to you guys. I got some. I got some fun facts as well, so we'll be all right. So I know how some of you guys feel about uh, opening narration scenes, but that's what we get. Um, by the way, for the sake of the audience and everyone, we are going to refer to the boy as Michael and Tom Hanks as Mike. Does everyone have that? Does that? I'm going to call Tom Hanks Tom Hanks. That's yeah, fine. I, typically it's called by the actor's name. Not always, but you know, if you're lazy, you do. But 
So the little boy and Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great start. <laughs> um, so little boy is kind of re- <laughs> he's narrating and it's uh, kind of a retrospective you can kind of figure that out because he's talking in past tense but he's talking about um, his father and how he once spent six weeks on the road with him in the winter of 1931 um, if you don't know anything about this movie it takes place uh, 1931, uh, during the Great Depression, in and around the Chicago area, I believe the actual city that they live in is called Rock Island, Illinois, which I'm guessing is a suburb of Chicago. I don't know if it's real or not, but um, just kind of some basic setup. Well, I have scenes. a question. Yeah, go ahead, jump in. Well, it can't be as it, to me. It sounded like Southern Illinois for the fact that they drove like, I know, all I night to get thing. to Chicago. Yeah, so it has I, to be Southern Illinois. Yeah, it's possible. Let's see. Mm. It is a real place, but I don't know. So who cares? Um, <laughs> oh, it's located on the Mississippi River, wherever that is. I mean, I Southern know where Illinois. it is. But Southern so, Illinois. So they must... I figured they were in a suburb, but apparently not. So good call on that. Uh, just some uh, basic scenes to open up the movie. Mike sell newspapers. You know, pretty much everyone had to work back then. I remember it well. I sold newspapers during the Great Depression. <laughs> I feel like you had that joke prepared, Brett. No, I, I honestly, I didn't. I, I, I'll take a picture of my notes. It just kind of came to me because... It was a great improv Extra, yeah, extra. <laughs> For the audience at home, Brett is significantly older than the rest of us. Except for Josh, but we'll let that go. It's all right. Still older, though. So he's also stealing some tobacco, it looks like. Um, Messed around with his little brother. kind of shows that they're at least relatively close. His little brother's name is Peter. Um, Poor sweet dead Peter. He's such a sweet <laughs> boy. <laughs> he was Peter, He was boy. so good at the math. <laughs> <laughs> was he? And he got hugs from his dad, which, like, Michael, obviously, little boy, never, ever got. So, you know. It uh, kind of shows Mike, Michael, Tom Hanks to be somewhat cold and distant. Do, would you say you think that's from everybody or just Michael? Did you think he thought just kind of was a little cold? Thought and it was distant an Irish thing. Well, yeah, but it's a very off-brand Tom Hanks. We're not used to this Tom Hanks. Yes. Yeah, it seems to be curious. from the boy's perspective. So I don't know if it's everybody, but. Even like the shots they choose in the beginning of the movie when Tom Hanks is like taking the gun out of his pants and his he's like through a doorway and his face isn't even like fully exposed. A lot of shots like that. They of him. did that on purpose. Uh, a lot of the shots you see through Michael's eyes early on, it's like a little fogged up or it's in another room or. And oh, then, and like mirrors and glass yeah, and stuff. Mirrors and yep, yeah, and then you know later when they they become more focused and closer up. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I don't know if. I don't remember his name. The guy, uh, Conrad Hall. So he's kind of a cinematography legend. Um, This was actually his third Oscar he won for cinematography, but he died before he got it. Uh, Butch Cassidy and American Beauty were his other ones, if you've heard of those movies. Are they going to have a category this year that's best cinematography in a popular movie? I think so. That's where we're going. (laughs) I hope so. I really hope so. (laughs) 
It's going to be a Marvel movie. No, that's special. Best cinematography in a YouTube movie. (laughs) And this year's best Star Wars movie Oscar goes to (laughs) Solo. (laughs) Great movie. Oh, man. Pappy brought up Star Wars. That's kind of a hot button. Wasn't there a Ron Howard connection between Solo? Yeah. In this movie? In Apollo 13? Yeah, he directed both of them, didn't he? They both look like they were directed by multiple people. The Six Degrees of the Last Jedi. Oh, man. Got the Last Jedi reference in before 13 minutes. That's nice. Stop making fun of Ron Howard. He's amazing. So, let's get to Stevie's favorite part of the whole movie, which is obviously The Wake. Love The Wake. For old Danny (laughs) McGovern. Um, First, a little background. Uh... John Rooney, that's Paul Newman. You probably won't hear John Rooney again because he's going to be called Paul Newman from now on. But he's an Irish mob mm-hmm. boss. He's loosely based on a guy named John Looney, who is an Irish mob boss. And I think he even had a son named Connor. And it's kind of based on a battle he had with one of his enforcers. So it's kind of loosely based on that. But so they're at the wake. Uh, Stevie, you want to kind of describe the whole. Danny and Finn McGovern thing and the speeches going around or it's kind of uncomfortable because you definitely know that Mr. Rooney had something to do with his death or some kind of secondhand like involvement Mm -hmm. and his brother who's given a speech at the wake really wanted to pop off on Mr. (laughs) Rooney I was really hoping he was going to say some like backhanded like you Irish mother effort type stuff and Tom Hanks whisks him away into another room really quickly. So we yeah. never get to see that part. That's a good actor, too. That's uh, Kieran Hines. I like him. So, um, Wasn't he in Justice League? Yes, he was uh, Steppenwolf. S- Wolftron. Oh, God. <laughs> Wolftron. <laughs> <laughs> but he's in other movies. He's in There Will Be Blood. I know Stevie hates that movie, so... I do. But we love Wolf Tron. <laughs> yes, we do. That's a <laughs> And like every time they said like Rooney in this movie, all I could think about was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So <laughs> I kind of had to laugh throughout this entire movie anytime they said Rooney. But it's just my little quirk. I've never even seen that movie all the way through. What? I know. What? I know. I know. I know. It's a little too it's new Mikey's for you. favorite movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, uh, just before we move on, I thought that's uh, one of my favorite scenes is when uh, Paul Newman and Tom Hanks are playing the piano. And uh, that was big. Pretty, yeah, a little different. <laughs> a little different. <laughs> the mood's just a little, a tad different. A little different there. But uh, kind of. Is this also where the line is where uh, Peter Sullivan, yep. little boy's little brother, he goes up and asks Daniel Craig why he's always smiling? Yep. And what's he say? Because it's also fucking hysterical. <laughs> Something with the F word, like everything's it's also just so fucking hysterical. Yeah, yeah, Same. yeah, yeah. Nicely done. Yeah, and that kind of—it's uh, kind of your—it's not your first introduction to Connor because uh, you see him a little earlier, and he comes off as a complete douchebag. Which he—do you guys think Daniel Craig's good in this movie? I think he was 
No. I think he was nerfed. He seemed pretty good in the beginning, like a like he would be a pretty awesome bad guy, and then he's just kind of like cut out of the rest of the movie. He doesn't. Really he looked older in this much. movie than he did. He does now. He looks like hell, actually. It's very odd. Well, yeah. Him, him and Jude Law look like absolute shit in this movie. <laughs> Jude Law's haircut is the dumbest thing I've ever seen on the screen. <laughs> we, uh, I was talking to Brittany about it last night, and I said something about Jude Law. She's like, Jude Law? I said, yeah, he was an assassin. She goes, what? And, yeah, she didn't even recognize that it was him. Yeah, that's she's like, I thought Jude Law was good looking. <laughs> no, she even said, she's like, 2003, that's right in the middle. And he was really good looking. I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good job by the hair, makeup, teeth, costume teeth. department. Teeth department. <laughs> yeah, His teeth, hairline yeah, hasn't been the his... same since this movie. It's been forever changed. <laughs> his fingernails were pretty bad as well. Um but yeah, you kind of get... Uh, well, his face uh, is all fucked up at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We'll get there, I promise. We'll get there, Pop. Godfather. Um, so, Connor, yeah. Connor's first two scenes, he's pretty douchey. Uh, it's pretty obvious, I think, that uh, Paul Newman loves Tom Hanks more than he loves his own son. Uh, and I think you can kind of see that when they're playing piano and... Connor seems happy at first, but then he's just like pretty devastated about it. So, so I guess we can move on to the wake. But uh, uh, old uh, Daniel Craig and Tom Hanks are sent to go talk to Th- to Finn McGovern. And uh, Pap, you want to let us know what happens in that scene? Yeah. So the kid uh, sneaks into the car with Tom Hanks and, Dan- and James Bond, and they. <laughs> drive up to a warehouse and the two what turn out to be assassins get out or hitmen you know uh soldiers in the mob get out and the little boy sneaks up and it's actually it's a really striking shot and it actually really reminds me of a comic book um we see it from his perspective in kind of like a semi-closed garage door uh and they interrogate him and then some other guys come into the room and ultimately Daniel Craig kind of loses it and shoots him in the head. I mean, you've been spending so much time in Chicago. And weren't they instructed to, to just talk like pretty explicitly? Yes. Just and, talk. Yeah, they kind of got it that way, and they had it all settled. And Connor's like basically said, "It's too bad your brother was a liar," which, I mean, seems to me like he was baiting him really badly because he wanted to kill him. But you find that was out like the whole later. thing that set things off at the wake. He's like, and he never told a lie. Right. <laughs> so, like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that was I, just him saying that he once. knew that he. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. So go ahead, Josh. In hindsight, though. Uh, that guy who was like about to get his face shot off, he mentioned something about Chicago, and I feel like that's when he actually like flipped out oh, and yeah. shot him. So I was thinking like he was trying to protect his whole like. It comes down yep. at the end that he's been frauding the whole time, like the whole mob. So he's protecting that because he's going to get whacked if they find out. Yeah, I think point. you're definitely right. There's a lot going on there. So for sure. Let's see. That brings us to um, at the same. So uh, Tom Hanks runs out because Daniel Craig notices. And I'm with you, Pap. I think that's really cool. Like they're looking, 
It's kind of like through Tom Hanks's legs mm-hmm. to the background. That's a pretty cool shot. And it's the the way that the kid's looking through it. It's it allows the shot to be kind of even framed like a comic book mm-hmm. uh, square. So yeah, it's really cool. Well, is it the same in the graphic novel? Has anybody read that? It's probably as soon as I saw that shot, I was like, oh, they probably just framed it the exact same way as the graphic novel. I haven't read it, but that's interesting. I'd like to maybe I can read that because I, it's I know kind it's, of like distinctive. It stayed pretty close to the graphic novel, except for the uh, Jude Law's character was completely made up by the the writer of this movie. So, which I wonder how that kind of fits in, but we'll get to there, I guess. Are you just going to talk through that grandfather clock? <laughs> oh, sorry, I forgot. Do you want to edit that? That's how old-timey Brett it's is. fantastic. The chimes of freedom. <laughs> yeah. I thought of this earlier when it struck at 10. I was like, oh, this is going to go off right in the middle, and I forgot. Sorry. Clocks are digital now. I know. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> you don't have to keep winding it, Brett. Yeah, it's uh, a family heirloom, so I like it. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, we'll put a picture of that clock in the show notes. I can do that. And on the and on the Instagram. Uh, <laughs> remember, I mean, I'm really old, so having a grandfather clock is not that. That clock crazy. was the point in the movie where you know it's just about to start getting scary. <laughs> not midnight yet. Almost midnight. <laughs> so uh, Daniel Craig notices someone's watching him. They run out. It's Michael, little boy, and Dana Craig's like, can you keep a secret? And Tom Hanks is like, he's my son, and he should have been like, that doesn't answer the question, but he takes it either way, and he goes for a walk, um, and then Michael kind of starts acting An out. An ominous-ass walk, though. <laughs> what? Just with a, he's just like walking through the street with a Tommy gun and the pouring down rain. It's not like a normal walk. Perfect night for a walk. It's a scary (laughs) walk. It's very scary. He's a pretty crazy dude, I think. So, um, so, and John Rooney, uh, Paul Newman, stops by next day and he's like, our little secret. And that was good enough for everybody except for Connor. And he was told to not do anything. But he's crazy. And two little parts go on here. uh, Two separate storylines. One involves Tom Hanks and one involves uh, Daniel Craig. So, Josh, you want to explain the Tom Hanks scene uh, when he goes to the speakeasy? Yeah, he goes to the speakeasy, and this is during Prohibition, but, like, as soon as he opens that door, everyone's, like, turnt in the club. (laughs) Uh, He, like, gets walked through it, so they have, like, this whole set, a range of, like, an old-timey... It's a pretty cool scene, I feel like, to walk through that. Um Seems like they recreated it well. I don't know. But anyway, he uh, gets like escorted up to the business owner. And this business owner owes him a bunch of money. And he uh, is there to collect and give him a message. And so he gives him a note. It says, like, if you kill Tom Hanks. And it says Tom Hanks. <laughs> if you kill Tom Hanks, don't worry about all your problems with us, basically. Your all debts, debts are paid. paid. Yeah, kill Sullivan kills, and your Sullivan. debts are paid. And, yeah, so, like, this is one of my favorite parts in the, of the movie, actually, when they have this, like, little stare-off, and there's a gun yeah. in the middle of the table. Just, like, out-kemps him, or out-spoons <laughs> him, and grabs it. Shoots Great him reference. in, like, the face. 
And then that like bumbling idiot bouncer who brought him in, he has to like smoke him too. And yeah, he I'm sees, surprised. He sees the message and he like knows immediately it has something to do yeah. with James Bond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James Bond is involved. Yeah. Seven. You know, half the time you were talking, Josh, I was thinking, holy crap, Jordan's on this pod. I completely forgot. <laughs> so Jordan, uh, do you are you feel comfortable enough to explain James Bond's upcoming scene? I we just saw it. Well, this is the part that I watched like a week and a half ago. Oh, no. <laughs> it's actually pretty simple. Well, so I was going to say down? that I felt pretty bad for the bumbling like bodyguard yeah. in the last scene because he was kind of like, oh, like you're like Mr. Tough Guy, and he was like very much. Uh, I don't know. He was like in awe of Gotta Tom be quicker. Hanks, and then he just smoked his boss yeah, exactly. right in front He's of so him. Sad. He didn't even get it. He didn't even pull I'm his gun out. I'm actually shocked that he tried. Yeah, he did try. Reach for his gun. He should have just put his hands out and be like, "Dude, I'm with you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get you know, a new job, bro. <laughs> also, to to piggyback on that club owner, like. If you're going to secretly put a gun somewhere, don't put it closer to the guy you're trying to shoot <laughs> than yourself. Do you see how f- close it was to Tom Hanks? It's an amateur move. It was. It's barely covered up by the comic <laughs> section in the Chicago Sun-Times, too. Like it's, the gun's <laughs> clearly poking out where everyone can see it. Yeah. So, uh, so Joe, can you, you want to give it a shot? I mean, <laughs> do you want me to say that James Bond goes and murders Tom Hanks' wife and son. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Is that what you want me to say? Because MI6 demanded it. It's a real character turn for James Bond here. This is where the typical spoilers movie picked by anyone but me comes up. Like a family in peril while the husband is away, getting killed or kidnapped or raped or strangled. It's awful. They're like having a sweet little moment in the bathtub. Yeah, that's sad. Poor Peter. T- to be fair, only your movies are the ones that involve the rape. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just get normal killed here. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, obviously... From what you hear later, uh, James Bond (laughs) thought that he killed Michael, but he obviously didn't. He killed poor sweet Peter. So that kind of sets off uh, the road. No, no, they're not quite there yet, but Tom Hanks comes home. Tom Hanks comes home, and he's just devastated. He's got Michael, little boy, is just creeping in that dark room, and Tom Hanks just knows it's game over for his wife and son, but... So I pretty- dude, it, it wasn't appropriate, but when he's off screen and you hear Tom Hanks scream, <laughs> but it's like so Tom Hanks, I couldn't help but laugh. A little bit. He was going for last, Josh. So he, yeah, that's pretty good. He, that's what he was going for. I'm pretty sure. Oh, Buzz, says, come on! Make him laugh, Tom. Yeah, Buzz. You are a toy! So this uh, segue here, this leads to... I, I found, the more I watch it, 
scenes with Paul Newman in it are most of my favorite scenes. It shows, I thought, a pretty powerful scene of Paul Newman just beating James Bond, saying, like, curse the day you were born, and he just starts This crying, just seemed like, like a, a regular baby. Irish Catholic father-son thing. This seemed to happen just about every day, so it seemed yeah. like a family tradition. It was it a is. normal Sunday at St. Vincent's Church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brett, I hate to disagree with you, but I think Paul Newman's also kind of bad in this oh, movie. Okay. I, I love Paul Newman. I picked Cool Hand Luke, and I think Butch Cassidy is a five-star movie, but he's just too old. He's too old. I don't think he's really... There's no intensity behind that. What's that line that he's saying? I curse the day you were born. It's just... It sounds like an old man saying it to me. I don't know what you guys thought. God damn you. God damn you. I curse the fucking day you were born. I can't imagine that the old man Paul Newman sounds no, like an old but man. No, I'm saying like, like a not intimidating. He's supposed he to be this bring mob any boss. fear. It's like a like a really muscular dog being hit with like a flimsy newspaper, basically. <laughs> yeah. I honestly think Tom Hanks would have been better in that role. They could, should have aged him up a little bit. But Yeah, well, you know, everyone's entitled to their wrong opinions. Um, Brett, I, I like those scenes because there's a couple more where Paul Newman is basically just like, God help me, like 90 <laughs> times. <laughs> and like trying to punch and yell at Daniel Craig. But like ultimately, like he's a total softy for his son, his biological son. Yeah, and I know he's I know he's frail, but like the I know fear of your father, I guess, is kind of a pretty common thing. So, plus he has all the power. But anyway, I, to be clear, I'm not I'm saying Paul Newman was too old to act. He's a bad actor at this point in his career. That's why he wasn't in other movies. I I think he's not pulling it off. Well, it was me. definitely it was his last uh, live action theatrical role, of which he when was nominated well, which he was nominated for an Oscar for this movie, but. Well, that's um, a career tip of the hat, Oscar. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he died two years later, I believe. He did. I don't know. What did the harsh. rest of you guys think? I thought he was like okay. Did anybody else think he was like bad or horrible? I just thought he was there. He was fine. Yeah. He's Paul Newman. Guy sells salad dressing. He's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> I think salad dressing. So he made, made all his money. money. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> So, um, Mike and Michael take off. They're going to go to Chicago. Um, he pretty much wants to ask Al Capone to work for him, and he wants them to all turn a blind eye to him going after the Roonies. And Frank Nitty just ain't having it because Paul Newman makes them plenty of money. Uh, speaking of method actors, uh, I know Jordan loves them, but... Stanley Tucci, even though he's in the movie for like seven minutes, he was smoking four packs a day to get into the mindset of Frank Nitti, who smoked four packs a day. Stanley Tucci probably just previously smoked and found <laughs> this as an excuse to start smoking again. Four packs a day is a lot. It's for the art! <laughs> yeah. Dude got off his patch, his nicotine patch, and was hitting the cartons. <laughs> excuse to really fall off the wagon I don't know if it was the cigarettes but I thought he was one of my top performers actually in this movie even being in it so little like he just seems so smooth and in charge oh yeah 
for sure. Mm-hmm. He was a good uh, cast for uh, Frank Nitti, I believe, from everything I've heard about him. He was more, a lot more the calm one, and Capone was the crazy one. But they were. Brett, what they is your actually, dog doing in the background? What does that sound? That's my wife uh, getting wax paper. Nice. Is it too on the microphone? Why is she wax papering the microphone? <laughs> I don't understand. She feels really bad now. Thanks, Pappy. Well, it's okay. Tell her hi. <laughs> now she's going into the bedroom to keep, continue pulling the wax paper out. <laughs> so you guys running a deli? What are you guys <laughs> doing with all the wax paper? We're having a lot of problems behind the scenes. Actually, the, our camaraderie is pretty rough right now. <laughs> yeah. It looks like she's baking cookies for work. So nice. Yep. It's always a good thing to come in on a Friday with cookies. Josh, what do you mean our camaraderie is pretty rough? I think it's high. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Pappy had to give me some hard truths in a side G-chat. Today. Yeah, I texted Josh and like, dude, you gotta stop with the Last Jedi stuff. It's too much. <laughs> <laughs> He's obsessed. You're obsessed with it the more than any adult man should be about a Disney movie. You need to stop. Okay. All Plink right. just, Plinkett just brought it out of him. As your friend. It broke him. It's been brought up a couple times this pod, and I haven't said nothing. So I'm let's proud just move of on. You. I'm ready to it move is, on. Yeah. But, I, I mean, yeah, with Stevie's lack of charity, with I mean, there's more than just that. There's a lot. <laughs> I don't know if there's time <laughs> to get into all of it. Right no, now. this is the best place to do it on the air. <laughs> <laughs> what else are you upset about? Yeah, Josh, what else is bothering you? The floor is yours, Josh. Well, I would toss this to Pappy and ask, why did you quit Twitter? I think that's the most dramatic thing that's happened I this week. I did quit Twitter. I quit Twitter because Kyle is a fucking loser and a bad <laughs> writer. And a bad what? Bad writer. Like, oh, clearly, shit. Read his tweets. The guy's an idiot. Like, that's, it's not hard to... No wonder he's good. a... That's no wonder he's personal. a failed comedy writer. No, no, it's he's bad. He put me on black. I replied to my friend Josh. I'm excited to watch the new Red Letter Media video, and he just like ripped me a new asshole for no reason. Called me toxic, <laughs> and I was like, I'm done. Do you guys follow each other? I, I I can't wait to go out to L.A. in three years. I'm gonna tip you real nice, Kyle, when you wash my fucking car, you piece of shit. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Let's go. I feel like you wrote some of this material ahead of time. <laughs> no. You... I missed a lot yeah. while I was at work this week. So, Holy shit. Road, road to perdition. <laughs> I was super sleepy, but now I'm awake. Let's go. Yeah, we're uh, getting there. Are we good on that? Are we good? Okay. Yeah, clearly we're good. So, uh, <laughs> Frank uh, Nitty pretty much just tells him, hey, if you go after the Roonies, we're going to kill you. That's pretty much what he says to him. Um, pretty big ask of Tom Hanks right there. <laughs> Rooney says not to kill Michael. He doesn't want him to kill Michael. But Nitty calls McGuire, who's Jude Law, who's super creepy, who likes to take pictures of dead people. And apparently Nitty told him to kill Michael, so Nitty's kind of a the little boy. Yeah, little boy. Not well. He wants. He definitely wants to kill Tom Hanks. 
means Tom Hanks. Something bad's gonna happen to him. Obviously, it's a movie. So uh, this is where you get the roll credits. Uh, they are actually on their way to Perdition to stay with their aunt Sarah. They show the funeral, which McGuire uh, Jude Law is just creeping in the corner, and he's creeping through the house, and he finds out where they're at. Why did nobody ask who's this guy? He's like <laughs> right there. He's right next to the casket at the funeral. Yeah, you're right. And he's just roaming through the house. I, I, but knowing what we know about him, he probably would have shot everybody anyway. He's So either way, he finally catches up to him at uh, the diner. Does anyone feel comfortable enough to explain this scene? Stevie? It's a very cat and mouse type setup here. Um, <laughs> long story short... Catch him over if you can. Very much so. Um, <laughs> uh, Tom Hanks is at a diner, and Jude Law follows him in there, and it's kind of this game of, like, who's going to flinch first? And then Tom Hanks is like, I got to go to the bathroom. And they're very aware of one another. Like, they know what each other's, like, intent is. Like, I know you. You know me. Let's cut the shit. And then, like an old man and a stupid person that Jude Law is, like, Tom Hanks just runs out of the building. It's very odd. Does he go through, like, the kitchen or something? I'm guessing uh, kitchen or uh, window, bathroom window or something. Yeah, it's very cat and mouse, but I got, I mean, I thought there was a lot of uh, tension there, so I enjoyed that scene personally. Yeah, I like that scene, too, so. I like the knife aspect of it. He picks up a knife before he goes to the bathroom, and you think they're mm-hmm. going to get in a knife fight. But then he just uses it on his tire, which is pretty clever. Jude but Law the best is a hell of a part, shot at the end of the scene. Yeah, the best part is when he shoots the cop, because the cop runs out there and he's like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Bang! Yeah. Hey there, away. mister! Put down your firearm. <laughs> well, hey, Jordan, he it's the Great Depression, and he charges $1,600 to kill somebody, and so he's probably pretty good. That's like infinity I mean, he's money. got like an old, like... Shorty revolver. There's no way yeah. he could hit that car. And he shoots it gun. from like a quarter mile away and no hits way. it twice. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a 1787 musket. It's a gun. Yeah, but it's like it's, it's the pistol. shortest, the shortest little muzzle ever. And he's just like aiming like he's one not hitting eye. that car. No way. I would think as a stauncher, Brett should know a little bit more about guns. This is. But Mikey's right. He he knocks the sheriff down to the ground. The sheriff's still a little bit alive, and he just smokes him in the head. <laughs> Ruthless. He's pretty crazy, though. So, <laughs> Yeah, rocking that haircut. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so uh, we'll, I'll just uh, go through this real quick. We'll jump ahead. Um, he Obviously, they can't go to Sarah's house because he obviously knows that's where they're going. Uh, they get the idea to start robbing banks, and they're just stealing mob money because he wants to get their attention. He wants to use it to try to find out Connor's location. So they rob a bunch of banks. There's a little quick scene. Uh, you guys were talking about Nitty. I think it's just kind of another little decent one. It, Connor's going crazy being locked up, and he's being ignored by everyone. So James James Bond is, like, on house arrest in the mob boss's, like, mansion. Is that is that basically what's happening? Yeah. Uh, he, uh, mansion or hotel, wherever they work. So, yeah, and he's just going nuts and talks crap. They both kind of talk crap to each other and... Anyone want to describe the shootout in the hotel with McGuire and the accountant? Mikey, you want to get in on this? Tom Hanks uh, is looking for the accountant. 
and he finds him and he's in this really fancy hotel and the accountant ordered a hard-boiled egg with a runny yolk because <laughs> he's a fancy man. And Was that a thing? He's super gay, right? Uh, I think Tom Hanks implied that. He says something to him. Uh, I don't remember what, but he kind of implied that. How did you find me? This is the best hotel in the area. And you were so very particular. And then uh, the accountant is kind of like leading Tom Hanks on and kind of wasting a lot of his time uh, trying to get these files or whatever that he's looking for. And then uh, he's kind of rubbing it in his face. Oops, I guess this is the <laughs> yeah, wrong he's, he's not being very subtle about it at all. And he's like kind of being big with his gestures in front of the window so uh, Jude Law can see from across the street. And so Jude Law finally sees, and then he makes his way over to the hotel. And then uh, the kid sees him crossing the street with his gun, so he honks. That's the signal for Tom Hanks. Then they get into a shootout. Uh, Hanks shoots a, a lamp or something, and it blows up in Jude Law's face. Hmm. And then he becomes kind of like a Bond villain uh, with all this glass in his face. And then the accountant is dead, right? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. He got hit with like some shotgun blast through the drywall. Mm-hmm. What, what is the machine that the guy puts on? That's like, it, so Tom Hanks can't hear the horn honking or whatever. Like, what? What is that? Oh, he said it was like telegrams or something from the stock a, exchange. Yeah, it's a ticker. It's like a ticker. They used uh, to have those. I don't remember that. I don't know if that's Morse code. It was or, the internet. Yeah, it was the internet. <laughs> and Mikey okay, said okay. that he shot a lantern. I thought he just shot him in the face. No, no he it's shot like a, like a glass or a lamp or something in it. Yeah, ricocheted, exploded uh. into his face. That's why he got the later when you see him, he's got scars all over as opposed to just. But Tom Hanks grabs something. I didn't see what he grabbed. They was were it just some files account, or something. Account ledgers. It was like the proof that um, James Bond had been stealing money for a long time. Yeah, he runs out and. Uh, uh, Jude Law's pretty jacked up, but he still shoots him in the arm. Uh, they drive away, and Michael passes out from the shot wound. And they meet this old company, this old couple. They nurse him back to health. He has a th- uh, fever. Uh, it's kind of like Mike uh, Tom Hanks doesn't realize that his son looks up to him, but she points it out, and all of a sudden he's like, oh. Uh, leads to, I don't know, I thought it was a pretty cool scene where they're talking about math. It's like the first time they really kind of talk real to each other. And then he, Michael finally asked Tom Hanks if he liked Peter more. Tom Hanks said no. Uh, he I don't love different. either of you. <laughs> it looked like he definitely looked like he liked Peter more. Earlier on, he actually hugged him and smiled around him. He never looked like he liked Michael at all. But he, his basic explanation was that he was a sweet kid. And Michael was a little bit too much like him, and that really worried him. And uh, luckily enough, that answer is good enough for Michael, and they kind of just move on. Is that answer good enough for you? Uh, actually, I think it is because that's just the way I feel. It, it seemed like he was telling the truth; it made sense somewhat. So, so if you're not sweet kid, no hugs. You no hug. You don't hug the non-sweet kid. Tom, hey, I don't know. Go ahead. You, you made that's a good point. You're right. That's that's kind of weird. I guess I can see how that would be weird. I just said it made sense to him. I don't. So 
I mean, it's good enough for him. It's good enough for me. It's good enough for little boys. It's good enough for me. Oof. But is that wax paper good enough for your wife? I thought that was popcorn. I thought that was like straight popcorn, ready to be served. I was it's, pumped. It's my dog walking around on the the wood floor. My goodness, Wait, do I have the best microphone ever? <laughs> Brett, what kind of dog do you have for the listener at home? Uh, we have a uh, English bulldog and we have a Bernadoodle. What is a Bernadoodle? It is a Bernie's Mountain Dog and a Poodle mix. Hmm. Some monstrosity. Well, I don't Jeez. know what you guys are talking about. This is a professional podcast, and we're all in studios with soundproofing and carpet. What the yeah, hell? We're ranked in the top top ten of entertainment, and <laughs> <laughs> that's no joke. I think we're number two. I think we got all the way up to number two. Number, yeah, we did get. We went from four to two. So yeah, we're pretty good. Dog, this burn a poodle thing. Why was Pappy called toxic? So like yeah, so Josh tweeted, I don't even know what he tweeted, but he, he just said like I'm excited to watch the new Red Letter Media video. He may have tagged like this Kyle guy. He did. It was like bad news for apologists. <laughs> Whatever. All I did, all I did was reply. I got my pizza rolls ready because I'm excited. <laughs> all I did reply to my friend. I got pizza rolls ready. I'm excited to watch this YouTube video. And that Kyle guy just freaking goes off on me and like. Says, oh, you mean this toxic fan base of an annoying voice and an overly long video? I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. I don't know, like, why are you coming after me? Like, what did I do to you? Is this the Kyle that used to call in? It's Ralphie. Yeah, Yeah, this is Kyle from L.A. Mm. To be fair, I thought Kyle was going after Red Letter Media, not Pappy. Well, Well, here we are, Josh, because of you. But Pappy loves Red Letter Media. It wasn't a very well-written tweet. You can see why he's not a successful writer. Uh, it's <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> Good Lord. He's written but a hey. couple TV episodes that have made up been on TV. I'd say it's pretty successful. Yeah, did you watch those shows, Brett? No, I don't watch that crap. Because no one fucking watched those shows, Brett, because they weren't successful because he's a bad writer. <laughs> oh, my God. That's well, completely I unfair. I love Kyle, so I'll, <laughs> yeah, me I'll too. stay out of it. Scorn Pappy once. I don't want to go against to the family again, so. Kyle knows where I live. <laughs> Guess I'm going to say you can come say it. <laughs> How would he possibly know where you live? <laughs> I was like, this is Pappy recording from Denver at the start of every episode. Just come to Denver and find, ask around. Fight me, it's bro. A small, it's a small city. You'll be able to find him pretty easily. Where's Pappy? Where's ask Pappy? Pap. People point you. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to rush through this movie. So, I'm really sorry that everyone's having such a terrible time. I'm loving it. I'm having a great, a great time. time. I'm having fun. Yeah, this is awesome. Uh, Mike goes back to Rock whatever it's called and creeps up on Rooney in church and they go talk downstairs I would say I like this scene but everyone knows Paul Newman sucks and uh, he tells him that Connor's been stealing and big reveal Rooney already knew that because I mean why wouldn't he he'd say he's not gonna give up his son he loves Mike and he re- he's begging Mike to leave Tom Hanks um, he's like he murdered my son and daughter my wife and son oh wow and uh, Paul Newman says there are only murderers in this room. Um, that, that's where you get the whole, there's only one thing for certain. None of us will see heaven. Um, so they kind of break up. 
Except Michael, little Mike, little boy. Yeah, and he said my, uh, Mike, Michael could. So, but then uh, actually, we get to my favorite scene. I would say the most f- famous scene in the movie. So Paul Newman and his buddies are coming out of Tilted yeah. Towers. Tom Hanks comes <laughs> up on him with that drum gun, roast everybody. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He roasts two one. squads. <laughs> Knocks two. Knocks a couple. Kind of just teases the last one. Paul Newman's the last alive. Does a little dance. He he emotes in front of him. (laughs) He's the loser, Al. (laughs) Does the backpack dance. (laughs) And then he kills him, too. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much verbatim what happens. (laughs) You forgot when when Tom Hanks moonwalks up to Paul Newman before he shoots him. I don't know why he didn't just shoot Paul Newman from far away, I guess. Paul Newman Newman was like, I'm glad it's you doing it, which is pretty morbid, but Tom Hanks just blasts him from like four feet away. We're also (laughs) understating the fact that Paul Newman, or uh, Tom Hanks, is a sniper with a Tommy gun. He's he's good, though. That's what he's known for. He's got that blue drum gun, boy. He would have hit Paul Newman on accident 50 times if (laughs) this was real life. (laughs) Okay. Possibly. It felt a little bit overly dramatic that they cut the sound of the initial shots too, and it's like all in slow mo. I don't know. Yeah, and he doesn't turn around at all. Okay. Um. So. <laughs> I like, like it, Brett. Yeah. Well, you. That's we're the only ones. That's right. So Nitty gets a call from Mike. He gives him Connor's room. He goes up there, shoots him, and moves over. Game over. <laughs> quiet. I'm uh, just kidding. Uh, so they finally get to perdition. That, if you didn't catch that, James Bond gets shot in his own bath. So the movie series is over. Like officially. flashback to Missouri breaks. Yes, you read my <laughs> oh mind. My God. Anyone else think it was super anticlimactic? Yes. Yes. Tom, uh, Daniel Craig is hardly in this movie. It's very upsetting to me how anticlimactic this was. And it yeah. wasn't like No Country for Old Men, like where you could say like he was shot by someone else, or like he didn't get to see it. It was like our main hero got to play out revenge for his family that was murdered. And it's like, it has no weight to it whatsoever. It's a pretty cool shot, though, of Tom Hanks closing that mirror door and then seeing Daniel Craig in the tub. That was kind of cool. And that was pretty cool. I like the reaction of Mike, the son, when he comes home, too, because I, I think that's exactly how a kid would react if your dad killed the bad guys. Like, he's super happy. And then he gets kind of like sad again. Like it, I, I, his performance is up and down, but I think that's a really great moment for uh, that actor. Tyler yeah. Hawklin. Did he go on to do anything? Is he yes. famous now? Little boy. Famous is a tough word. He's. Uh, he was in Teen Wolf, Seventh Heaven. Uh, he plays Seventh Superman. Heaven. He plays Superman and Supergirl. WB All Star. Um, so just to wrap up the movie, uh, they finally get the perdition. Uh, he's, Michael starts playing with the dog. Tom Hanks kind of goes in the house, kind of watching him. Looks like it's going to be a happy ending. And then bam, he gets shot in the back twice from uh, Jude Law. Uh, just immediately starts taking pictures of him. He's just super weird. Uh, this was ending. F- this was ending number one for me. Yeah. 
I don't want to get too far ahead of it because I know you're trying to rush through, but I feel like... No, you're fine. The ending could have landed pretty swell the first three times, and then it has like the voiceover narration thing that kind of killed the mood for me. But like, yeah, when he was really fast though, like it, it, it's like less than a minute later. Like I, I know exactly what you're saying, but when he was shot really and you can see little boy Michael running away in the mirror, I thought that was like that. That again looked like a comic book, and I thought that would have been a great ending. Sad, but a great ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. That I love cool. I love the uh, production design and tradition too. Like the house is like super white. Like everything is white to the nth degree and then what after tom hanks gets shot the red blood is like super striking again it's like, it looks like something out of a comic book uh just really great use of the colors in the whole movie do you think we're supposed to assume that aunt sarah's been murdered i was just gonna yeah. ask that she's got to be smoked she's gotta right? be dead <laughs> he might even imply it earlier that uh you know he already knew that Aunt Sarah's house was there, and he would we would have followed her. Yeah. What was his plan to rob uh, banks and then show back up at the same house with where the assassin already knows that they're heading? Yeah, but I, I mean, think he thought she was never going to be safe. I think he thought or hoped that uh, Nitty would call off the assassin. Maybe he thought uh, Jude Law sure. was dead. Actually, maybe. Huh. Yeah, if, that's if he possible. did, he's an idiot. <laughs> You gotta double tap. You gotta <laughs> after you blasted him in the face. You gotta go back up again. Michael comes up behind him. He's got the gun. Uh, he hesitates, but he luckily he doesn't sk- have to. Wait, sh- you skipped over ending number two when he's taking a picture of him super creepily when he's like still alive, dying on the floor. That was by far the most disturbing scene. But yeah, again, he, they could have ended it there. Taking pictures, yeah, for sure. Josh, um, Josh and his disturbing scenes. <laughs> no, I like that too. Uh, that little picture into the viewfinder is just super, really old school looking. Yeah, it's, and then he tells him to smile. Smile. Uh, his face, it's the first time you get a real good look at his face after, and it's just super jacked up. It's like glass shards in his face. Um, so yeah, that was the end of the ending two, apparently. Uh, Michael <laughs> comes up. Um he can't shoot him, which is a good thing for Mike. Mike ends up killing him instead, uh, which I think is really important to him because he didn't want Michael to be anything like that. I think that was made clear in my opinion. So, Pretty weak move by baby Mike. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I absolutely agree. He just killed his dad and killed his brother and mom. I would be going to that room just blasting. So, Is there a lesson to be learned there? I, I don't... Well... No, I don't. I mean, I guess that this kid isn't going to break bad. He's going to end the cycle of violence or whatever, I guess. I don't know if there's a lesson, per se. If you don't hug your kid, then he won't turn out to be bad like you. Might be. That's true. That's. Uh, I think that was the movie tagline. Withhold love. <laughs> For the greater good. All Tom Hanks has done in the last act is take him around on his murder bank robbing spree. Like, why? Why is the kid good? Is it just because he's born and the kid, that way? The or? kid was loving it too. He was all yeah. about the bank robbing <laughs> life. 
Yeah. So he that got a like, taste of it, and he loved it. <laughs> so it's going to be hard to turn him away now. Even though he couldn't drive very well for a long time. <laughs> That's true. I'm just not sure why he, why that was a part of it that he couldn't do it. I, well, I see why. Also, it's, he's 12. I mean, it's. I, I think just the the age is an important factor too. I mean, he's 12. That's a good he's point. A little boy. He's very young. But. Yeah, but he's probably played Call of Duty. I mean, pulling the trigger. <laughs> well, he smokes and steals. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, he does smoke. That was weird. His mom was totally okay with it too. But uh, just to wrap it up, uh, Tom Hanks apologizes and dies. Uh, goes back to the old couple. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He literally says, I'm sorry, three times, and then dies. Uh, he goes and lives with the old couple and the dog. He goes back to their retrospective narration. The last time he held gun, says some things about he was his father. He wasn't really good or bad. Just That's just who he was, and that's the end of the movie. That was Road to Perdition. And uh, if we have any last thoughts, we can get those in, and then we can just go to yes or no. Anybody? I think we talked a lot about it, so we're probably. Is Ron Howard a good director? That's not Ron Howard. Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes. It's yeah, Sam Mendes. Oh, I always thought it was Ron Howard. My bad. <laughs> Learn something new. It, is he a good director? <laughs> I actually thought answer, it was Ron Howard. And yeah, the answer is yes. It. What do you mean? Ron Howard is a good director. Eh, he's an okay director. <laughs> he's a better he's, actor. Yeah. He's no. a better actor than he is director. That's for certain. Good old Ope. Monday, Monday, happy, happy days. days. <laughs> 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 All right, let's just let's wrap it oh, up. Oh dear. Uh, let's uh, go ahead and start with uh, Josh. This is a yes for me. Thanks for picking this. I love Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks in a gangster movie as like kind of a quasi bad guy was interesting and a lot of good performances. Uh, Pappy ripped on a couple of them, but I think I think people played it adequately. E- even old man, he d- he did a good job too. Um, I'm gonna give it a pretty solid yes, Brett. Cool, uh, Mikey. Uh, yeah, I I haven't seen this movie ever before. And I didn't read the graphic novel either, but it made me kind of want to go check out that graphic novel because I'm pretty sure some scenes were just copied from the graphic novel, so that'll be kind of interesting to find out. But yeah, I liked it. Uh, I've never seen Tom Hanks as a bad guy. And uh, the salad dressing legend himself did an okay (laughs) job. Um, It was really cool to see Daniel Craig play a bad guy too. He could have been really evil if he was in this movie a lot more so I thought that was kind of a, a misstep not using him more but that was probably my biggest complaint was not enough Daniel Craig and That's, I didn't really care for much of the narration but if yeah, I could, it's, luckily it's that was such long. a small part of the movie I know yeah. I already gave my yes or no but if I could piggyback on that I thought they could yep. have played up that relationship between Michael and James Bond like Tom Hanks oh, and James yeah, Bond for a lot sure, so much more they could have could have That's been more actually, like a uh, like a two brothers really kind of 
coming yeah. to terms with them hating each other. I thought that was a cool dynamic. You're right. You're right. I didn't think they touched on that. And that's, I had mentioned it to you before. And it's kind of funny because we were talking about it today a little bit is a lot of the big, the main complaint that a lot of people have this movie is that they thought it could have been 30 minutes longer and had a little more of everything put into it. So when you bring up that, I think that could have been really cool. Tom Hanks and uh, Daniel Craig add a little bit into that. So, but yeah, oh, sorry. Are you done? Um, yeah, I, you, I you good, Becky? Yes, yes. Uh, let's go to Pappy. Yeah, this is a yes for me. This movie does a lot of things pretty great. I, I actually hadn't thought about it being longer, and I think that actually would have been really cool. Um, it is under two hours, which is surprising for a movie of this scope. Mm-hmm. It tries to tell like a big story, and like I think kind of where it falters is it gets a little, the tone's kind of weird. Like there's some moments of like comedy during mm-hmm. the bank robbing sequence that just don't work. Like when Mike's trying to drive the car, like, and I think that. Tom Hanks could have been great in the Paul Newman's role because we all associate Tom Hanks with having that heart of gold and that would have been playing up like Tom Hanks is too nice to his son and that's kind of his downfall. I think that would have worked a lot better. And I would have switched around uh, Daniel Craig and Jude Law too. I hate kind of Jude Law in this movie. He's a little bit too silly, a little bit too over the top. I think Daniel Craig could have been like a great like unhinged psychopath in that part and maybe we could have saw more of him. Yeah. But... No, overall, it's a really good movie. I had a good time watching it, uh, and maybe one of the best DC movies ever. Mm-hmm. Not quite Dark Knight, uh, but one of the best. People forget that. This is a comic book movie. This is DC's Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> that was actually really good, Mikey. Appreciated that. Let's, oh, uh, let's go with Jordan. Uh yeah, I think this is a this is a yes. Um, I think, oh, 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 like it's kind of what the whole movie is building up to and then it's just uh like it happens really fast um but yeah i mean it's yes it's a it's a good watch did you guys want dialogue there or like a slow motion bullet through the brain (laughs) no it feels like Like, an off-screen death but it's so clearly on screen it's i don't know it's like uh you kind of at least wanted like maybe two or three bullets uh, traded back and forth, but <laughs> Tom Hanks made it look so easy. It just—I yeah. uh, mean, I, I think it fits with like Daniel Craig kind of being an asshole and kind of dying like a bitch. Um, yeah, like he like he means nothing, right? Yeah, and he's just kind of like hiding away the whole time while Tom Hanks is going on this like redemption perdition trail. But yeah, yeah. well, I guess the, the whole point was to make make it look like everybody in the mob was like okay with it at the time because they were just letting yeah. him pass through all security so yeah that was kind of the point right this way sir <laughs> yeah. here's your front row ticket backstage pass <laughs> it had to have felt pretty good for him like enjoy your yeah. stay sir <laughs> so finally let's go with uh, Stevie I don't know if I go out of my way to watch it again I think it's well acted it's well shot uh, the only thing I agree with Pappy is the tone is all over the place. You really don't know what it wants. I don't, I don't think this movie really knows what it wants to be. 
if it wants to be a revenge movie, if it wants to be... They try to pack in a lot of different tones into one movie instead of staying consistent throughout, but I'll give it a yes. All right. Uh, see, I... I don't know. I guess I disagree with... Uh, I, I get there's some weird changes in tone, but it's very brief moments of, like, levity in the second act, and it's not like they're popping jokes throughout the entire movie. It's like a five-minute scene where they're kind of bonding and... There's a couple little jokes. I mean, other than that, I thought it was pretty dark throughout. Brett, don't you uh, think it was kind of cheating, though, when they go on a bank robbing spree, but there's, like, this loophole yeah. that is, like, oh, the cops, they're not actually bad guys. I i don't know. I thought the stakes could have been higher if the law enforcement was after him as well at that point. Yeah, but I think they showed pretty early on that the cops were not involved in anything. I mean, they just leave in the middle of the night, and there's murdered wife and son in the house. I mean, they wouldn't, don't you think they'd be after him? I'm just saying, I, I agree. I, I think you're right. And I, I noticed that in movies like, like in Deadpool, it's like, there's not a single cop in this entire movie. They're murdered. <laughs> 150 I mean, they're on a bridge. Where are the detectives? Murdering people. And there's not a single <laughs> cop light. So yeah, I, I, I get that again. I think they, uh, this is a, mo- a rare movie where they could have benefited from some more stuff. I mean, I think I read there's five lines of dialogue in the in the last 20 minutes of the movie, and it, it feels like it. And Sam Mendes actually said that's what drew him to this movie is because he had just done American Beauty, and it's like all dialogue in that movie. And this one was completely opposite. But um, obviously, this is a yes for me. Um, I thought it was really good. I thought it was a well-earned cinematography Oscar. Um, I liked everybody. Uh, I'm with Jode. I thought... I love Jude Law, so I thought he was great. Um, super Joe's creepy. He wanted What's your, your favorite Jude Law movie? Um, the new Harry Potter one coming out with him in it. Ayo. Um, Are those movies good? Grimwald? It was alright, but the second one, I no, he's going to be Dumbledore, which is like yeah. the most exciting thing oh. in the world to me. So He plays and a young Dumbs. Dumbledore. A young, sexy Dumbledore. Nice. Favorite Jude Law movie. That's a good one. Uh, a young, maybe gay Dumbledore. The Holiday. Maybe. What's the sniper one? Yeah, behind right. enemy lines. Yeah. Enemy at the gates. Uh, enemy at the enemy gates. gates. Yeah. That's behind enemy lines. Owen Wilson. That's Luke. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. Luke Wilson. Wow. Stalingrad. What about a uh, talented Mr. Ripley? Another movie where he gets his face all fucked up. <laughs> Fuck that movie. That's a good movie. Sky weird, Captain man. in the World of Tomorrow. Talents of Mr. Ripley's is stay tuned. That's a good movie. <laughs> Isn't he in I Heart Huckabees as well? <laughs> yes, he's uh, the arrogant like news guy who's dating Naomi Watts. Nice. Uh, so yeah, this is a yes for me. Um, so I is guess- it trivia Jude Law movies? Because I feel super prepared right now. <laughs> <to rock and roll. laughs> no. Uh, this has kind of gone along, but we got to do it. But either way, just want to let that be known. That's six yeses. So that's preserved. And I don't know if anyone wants to throw out a food. Milk. No. Fresh oh, milk. milk. <laughs> Ricky's Tacos. Sponsored by Ricky's Tacos. Don't Eat get fresh. free pub. Taqueria. All right. So. Um, <laughs> Chuck Freebie nachos. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna uh, play uh, the sorting game. We're gonna sort. We're gonna sort it out. 
Uh, hopefully we can go quickly. But six people should be all right. So I was talking to Pappy. The order is going to be Steve, uh, Stevie, Pappy, Jordan, Josh, Mikey. This is pretty straightforward. It is Tom Hanks' Lifetime Gross Movies at the Box Office. One through ten. Just go pretty quick. Oh. Uh, ten? Ten. Oh, we're not guessing a number. We we're guessing Let's the movies. Do, should I do eight no, then? I gotta go quick. Eight would be better. Okay, let's do eight. Uh, okay, uh... I have to change my order then. Uh, what is it? <laughs> you can just Hold on, give me a second. Whatever. The top eight should be the same top eight. <laughs> this is rigged. This is Brett. rigged. Did we learn nothing from Road of Perdition? Nepotism is bad. Don't fall into the long conspiracy. <laughs> Stay out of it. Wait, this is a long conspiracy? Brett, Sorry, go against the family. The movies are... You should text to you, you're going to write them down. Uh, send to the group. Yeah, but we stopped sighing. Stevie, you were just talking about how much fun you were having. Now you're sighing. If he no. sends it to the group thread, how is Jordan going to see it? <laughs> oh! Because oh. <laughs> he's never there. That's not cool. Wow. Wow. That's not wrong. cool, but wow. you can talk about how someone's career is a failure. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not true, by the way. What episodes did he write? Yeah, what show did he write? He wrote for Grimm. People know that show. What the fuck is what Grimm? Show? It went like six seasons. It was a fantasy show on NBC. Failed show? It was on <laughs> for a long no, time. No, <laughs> the show was on for more than one season. It's not a failed Was show. he like a main writer? He, Towards the end, co- he, he, he wrote, wrote like two episodes. I think he co-wrote two or three episodes. Yeah, he wrote, one by, he wrote one by himself. Check sure. your local NBC affiliates for details, okay, guys? We have a <laughs> trivia show to get to. Brought to you by Ricky Stackery. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right, it's coming. Did you guys Just know that Kevin eight. Spacey is Kaiser Sose all along, though? <laughs> all the no, all <laughs> the time. All the time. <laughs> the all time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> All the spoilers. <laughs> What's the order that we're trying to do, Brett? <laughs> Where is Brett? 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 Yeah, sorry. I had to try to find a pen still. What? <laughs> is it least to most or most to least? <laughs> You're going to try to go least to most. Eight to one. Got least it. Okay. <clears throat> Well, Mikey should get the advantage, right? I don't know. What's, what's the advantage? Uh, I don't know. Is being an idiot an advantage? <laughs> <laughs> well, Mikey, you could decide. Do you want to go first or last? I'll go last. Okay, so Stevie, you go first then. Go ahead, Stevie. Uh, no splash. Okay, then I will go with... Let's go with Toy Story 2. Incorrect. Hmm. Pull Express is the lowest. That is correct. Then Da Vinci Code. Incorrect. Goddamn. Uh, so who's up? Da Vinci Code, Toy Story, Toy Story 3, Forrest Gump, Pull Express, Saving Private Ryan, Castaway, and Toy Story 2. For those of you who are somehow still listening. 
75. <laughs> we, we also stopped for like 10 minutes, so relax. That's true. Jeez Louise. Oh, it's point. a good episode. Yeah, sounds great. Jordan, you're up. <laughs> so Polar Express is one, and then I think it's eight, actually. F- fuck you. <laughs> um, Come on, brother. Toy We've Story got two. To topple. Incorrect. Mm. I think so. Did you? Jackson. No, I did. No, he guessed it first though. Yeah. Or eighth. Josh, you're up. Polar Express. Da Vinci Code. Oh, wait, no. Never mind. No. Polar Express. No. Uh, no. 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 What do you mean? I heard he didn't weigh in on it. I call my own mistake. Ooh. Selling your own poison. I'm going to let it it go. (gasps) Thank you. Talk about a conspiracy. So it's edit point. I believe <laughs> that it's Polar Express. Just keep yelling edit point. <laughs> Eventually it'll work. So Polar Express is number eight and the number seven I'm just going to say is Toy Story 1. That, is, no cor- that is correct. Okay. And then after that I would say Toy Story 2. Incorrect. Mikey, you're up. Okay. Polar Express, He's- Toy Story 1, Castaway? Incorrect. Damn. Stevie. Ah, it is I. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's go with uh, the Polar Express, uh, Toy Story 1. How about uh, Saving uh, Private Ryan? That is correct. Ooh. Ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. Hey now. Okay, Saving Private Ryan. Then let's hit up. Uh, let's go to Castaway. Incorrect. Ah, it's probably his number one. Polar Express, Toy Story, Saving Private Ryan, Da, da Vinci Code. That is correct. Uh, then Castaway. Correct. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Then Castaway is what you said? I knew we were going to hear Midnight. <laughs> Ooh, spooky spoilers. Coming up soon. Us. Get ready. Get spooky ready. spoilers hour is here. Uh, to- t- mm, Toy Story 2. That is correct. Toy Story <laughs> 3. Incorrect. God damn it, stupid fucking <laughs> Jordan, man. Oh. This is you. I hope I wrote down all if these numbers it. right. <laughs> what a conspiracy. Polar Express, Toy Story, Saving Private Ryan, Da Vinci Code, Castaway, Toy Story 2. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh no. Oh no, Pappy, which one Sold do you say? Sold his own poison. This is for Point Break 3. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. He didn't hear him. I was paying attention to show. how many fucking times the clock rang. Um, Shit. Toy Story 3. Oh my god. God what? damn it. Is that Dude, right? he no. just said that. Fuck. Polar Express. Toy Story 1. 
Saving Private Ryan, Da Vinci Code, Castaway, Toy Story 2, Forrest Gump, Toy Story 3. Boo. That's correct. Yo, man. My bad. Uh, what snuff film are we watching this week, Josh? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm sorry. Horrendous rape scene we'll have to endure next week. Clockering <laughs> midnight. I lost it. What hills have eyes? Can, I choose, <laughs> can I choose the last Jedi again? Can I reveal the second <laughs> yes. time? Oh, my God. <laughs> that spoiler's oh, 200 and that's volume. the end of us. Too many jokes. <laughs> we have Kyle McVeigh on to apologize to Pappy. I think Pappy I needs to apologize to him <laughs> way more. I have nothing. I have nothing to say to him. I have to imagine what you said on the pod was probably meaner than what he said to you. But it, we are yeah. going to kick it to spoilers, man, and crank up that sweet Wolftron while Josh thinks of a movie. enjoyed what you heard today subscribe on soundcloud or itunes please don't forget to leave us a review <laughs> and we're back <laughs> josh what movie are we going to be spoiling next guys i saw that picture of keanu reeves on the horse uh, with a gun pointed at a like helmeted police officer's head, and I want to revisit the Matrix with you guys. So. Oh, yeah. Nice. Which one? I can never get enough. Revolution. Three. Nice Rev- best one. Yeah. <laughs> no, just the the Matrix. Yes. Keanu. Classic. All right, Keanu. that's a that's a great pick. That's gonna be that's gonna move us to the top of the podcast list that's so. really what i'm going for we have high numbers the highest numbers in spoilers history right now we got to ride that wave yep for sure <laughs> all right uh if you stuck with us for this really long podcast you're a true fan uh thanks for listening uh this was spoilers Josh, what's your favorite rape scene in a movie? <laughs> you know, funny thing about that. I had a coworker a couple weeks after you guys first way back started doing this whole Josh rape thing. And she was talking about how she was in a uh, really bad circumstance one time. And just like pe- hearing people talk about it was like really cringy for her. I've always thought about that, but you guys always just bring it up and like drill it down my throat, and it's been a really weird thing in my life. <laughs> Quit picking rape movies if you're coworker. Josh, take a Buzzfeed quiz at work. Which rape scene are you? <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. <laughs>